So welcome to this episode of the Nerd Yogi podcast. So this one is the first one of a series dedicated to the mind-body connection. And in today's episode, we're going to focus on exploring the fascia. You're listening to the Nerd Yogi podcast, sharing natural ways to boost your well-being with a sprinkle of mystic and the big coating of science. And I'm your host, Virginie Ferguson, founder and yoga teacher at clanyogis.com. Also mother of two, science nerd and positivity advocate. I hail people who always thought they could never do yoga, level up on their health and well-being using yogic tools backed by science. So what is fascia? Fascia is basically connective tissue and is found absolutely everywhere in your body and it takes many many forms. Anatomists have long been looking at the fascia but really we've missed so much in the western side of things and the western science that really focused on things that we could see and we could touch and totally omitted the space in the body. Something that in the East they have taken into consideration. If we talk about, if we think about Chinese medicine and more specifically acupuncture, the meridians really represent some of the, the, the channels throughout the body that are created by the sheath of fascia organs, also veins and that sort of things, but it also takes into consideration the space in between, so your extracellular space. So quite often when we think about fascia, we think about it from really a muscle's point of view. So you may have heard of myofascial release, which are types of massage that you use with rollers or balls to really soften and open up the fascia. But that only works on the superficial fascia. So the sheath that envelop your muscles and encase your muscles and your organs. But the superficial lines such as the superficial back line, superficial front line, the spiral lines are really dense tissues that run through your body underneath the skin and protect your muscles and bones. So when you think about the muscles, each muscle is encased in fascia. But what's really important is to think that actually each fibre of your muscle is also encased in fascia. There are a lot of sensory nerves that terminate in the fascia. Nerves that are also called axons also have a layer of fascia that encases each of these nerves. And that layer is a continuum of the dura mater. The dura mater is a thick layer of connective tissue that surrounds the brain and the spinal cord. And there are so many sensory receptors in the fascia that it makes the fascia the body's largest sensory organ, something that was taken from the skin before. We thought the skin was the largest organ and now scientists 
are considering the fascia to be the largest organ in the body. Those sensory receptors take many, many forms and they have so many different names. But we'll focus first on the mechanoreceptors, especially the ones in the muscle. So you have like muscle spindles, which detect the stretch and the speed of the muscles and feed that back to your brain. You've got Golgi receptors, which are mostly in the ligaments. So they monitor how much your ligament are taking tension to keep yourselves safe, basically, for you're not overstretching or overcontracting a muscle. That's what the muscle spindles and the Golgi receptors do. You've got Pacini receptors, which detect vibration, low frequency sound. And these ones are the ones that are responsible for that funny feeling in your tummy. For example, when you've got a very strong bass sound when you're in a concert, for example, if you can remember how that feels. Uh, you've got Riffini receptors as well, which detect organ, vibration, pressure, and mostly shearing forces. So they keep your body safe. They are um, feeding back to the brain how much force your body is, is taking. And there are also what are called interstitial receptors. And these ones represent 80% of all your sensory nerves. So we detect things in your body and feed that back to your brain. Mechanical tension, stress, sensations, temperature, and more. And they help regulate the heart rate and the blood pressure that way because they feed all that information back to the brain. So you can see here how the fascia with the nerves, with all these sensory receptors, really is the mind-body connection there, or I should say maybe the body-mind connection. All these receptors as well help in what's called proprioception. So proprioception is your awareness of your body in space. So if you close your eyes, for example, and you raise your arm, you know where your arm is in, in space in the room because of your proprioception. There is also interoception and this one to me is a very interesting one because that is all about internal sensations. So things like maybe hunger or being too hot or sensations in the body within you, which some of us are so detached from for many reasons. For some people, it could have been induced by trauma or it could be that we just lost touch completely with our body because we spend so much time living in our minds. And yoga is such a good practice for rebuilding interoception that way because we take time to hold poses, to know, and again, building on proprioception as well, to know where our body is and space and in time, and focusing on the sensation, focusing on the breath, and the difference of sensation between the inhale and the exhale in our body. Yoga is such a good tool to use to rebuild your proprioception and interoception that way. And again, when we think about all of these sensory senses, we can't forget about 
pain. So pain obviously comes from those receptors, sensory receptors that feed back to certain part of your brain to tell you there is pain there. Your brain then makes you feel that pain. So if we think about the delayed onset muscle soreness, so DOMS for the ones that know it well out here. Um, so is that that sensation, the pain in your muscle that you have a day or two, the soft, often two days after is worse, in your muscles when you've been um, working really, really hard. And that pain actually is felt in the fascia and not the muscles as we think it is. There was a study that had been done where they took people and made them do a very repetitive um, movement for several hours. So they were um, simulating walking downhill for many, many hours for this group of people. And the next day, they injected a saline solution which inhibits the, the sensory nerves and so the feedback to the brain and to to inhibit the pain. So when they injected in the fascia, they noticed that the pain was gone. And when they injected in the muscles, the pain was still there. So this is how they were able to determine that the pain actually in DOMS is not felt in the muscle, but is felt in the fascia. If we also think about pain, back pain specifically, which is something that a lot of people feel. Quite often, a lot of people feel back pain in the lower back. And the reason for that is there is very dense connective tissue in that part. It's called the thoracolumbar fascia. So that connective tissue here, as you can imagine, is very, very rich in pain senses. Now let's focus a little bit more on the brain. So if we think about the mind-body or the body-mind connection, obviously we take talk about nerves and the nervous system. And so the big computer up there that regulates it all, controls it all, the brain. Studies have demonstrated that meditation has been shown to increase nitric oxide in the body, as some of breathing practices do too. And nitric oxide has been shown to relax the fascia. So if you think about, again, yoga, we open up the fascia, especially in yin yoga, and those very restorative and slow practices, because it takes time to open up and stretch the fascia. Yoga helps to build proprioception again, interoception, as we said. It helps to open up the fascia with the stretches and the movements that are really opening up so many different asymmetric poses and stuff that really work on so many of those superficial lines of the fascia. But when we think about the breathing and the meditations are truly part of that yoga practice, there we have another element. We've got that chemical element, the nitric oxide, that also relaxes the fascia. The fascia, again, if we talk about the thoracolumbar part, that rich connective tissue in the low back, the fascia 
that superficial backline actually directly connects that space and even the sole of the feet actually to the dural tube. So again, the dura mater, that layer of connected tissue and the spinal cord and the brain. Something else that you may also have heard about, which I find very, very interesting, but at the moment there are studies done on this, but it's still very, the science in this field is still very in its infancy. But you may have heard of somato emotional release. So your somatic tissues are your muscles, your uh, ligament and tendons. So again, fascia is included in that. There is some beautiful work that has been done by the A Pleasure Institute. And in the many years that Dr. A Pleasure spent working with people, he noticed, as have many other practitioners, of course, that some physical symptoms would not fully release and heal until an emotional component was taken care of too. And if we think about the... Stress response in the body, which is led by the sympathetic part of your autonomous nervous system. If you have ever watched, and I'm sure you have, and I hope you still do, I love those documentaries, watch um, those documentaries in Africa where you see, you know, the gazelle getting chased by the lions. If it manages to escape, you would have seen that quite often they start to shake and we think, oh, okay, it's the fear. But that shake is an actual release from the nervous system of the stress response. It's a release from the muscles and the connective tissue, the somatic tissues. Unfortunately, us as humans have lost this ability to do this. Most of us have, but you can actually induce it. And there are workshops that you can do that you can go to, to do that somatic emotional release. But it also happens in yoga. I've had people crying or feeling angry, releasing anger after holding a pose for a certain amount of time. Quite often it happens when we release the hips and especially the psoas muscle, which is a very, very important muscle that we quite often forget about. But it's one of the first muscle that as a baby you need to learn to control because it's the one that flex the hip. So flexing the hip is when you... Um, make the angle at the hip smaller. So bringing your knee towards your chest, which you do when you're seated. So when you're seated, your psoas muscle is working in the background to keep you seated because it contracts to keep your leg closer to your chest. This is the one you use when you're walking, when you're running, etc. And so you can understand how this muscle is so heavily involved in the flight response of the sympathetic. So when you are scared, stressed, anxious, triggered by 
by your sympathetic nervous system, that muscle is ready to go. It starts to contract. And if we feel chronic stress, if we are caught up into that chronic state and the sympathetic state, that muscle gets contracted and shortens over time. So when in yoga we release the hips, when we release that muscle, quite often we feel a release of emotions. So again, psoas is such a good illustration of that body-mind connection. Again, this is an area that is worked on by science. It's still in its infancy. I'm sure there's so much that we'll be able to discover really, really soon. Another thing I want to mention about fascia, which is really important, is the fascia is really, really rich in collagen. And collagen is a very interesting molecule because it's piezoelectric, which means it is able to create an electric current by itself simply through mechanical pressure. So what that means, it means that it conducts electricity. And in fact, collagen molecules are used in nanotechnology to be able to do that. So we can somehow imagine the same as the nerves are spreading electric current and formation. We can even imagine that parts of the body are able to communicate with themselves throughout the collagen, throughout the fascia. And in fact, this is an interesting point when we think about acupuncture, because you may know that, so obviously acupuncture is used with very fine needles that are inserted in your body, but certain um, acupuncture practitioners also use little kind of electric pain that give you a, just a very small electric shock, a very small electric current in those acupuncture points. So again, we can imagine that using an acupuncture point, sending an electric signal here, the fascia is then able to distribute it through that channel and go to where you want it to be. So I could go in so many more details in, about the fascia, especially in the brain and about the brain cells such as glia and astrocytes and all that sort of stuff that work and support the neural networks within the space occupied by the fascia. But I don't want to go into too much detail and bore you to death with all these scientific stems. I think I might do maybe a second episode on the fascia and maybe focus more onto the brain itself and what happens there. But I think for today, we will leave it here. In two weeks time, we've got another great episode all about massage therapy. And I thought this would fit very well within the mind-body connection because, again, we've got some very, very interesting facts about massage, touch therapy, and how it can improve your well-being. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it because this is a brand new podcast and it's really dear to my heart that I want to make yoga and these other practices less woo-woo, less of a flowers your hair flop sort of thing and just bring the science into it so people can realize that these practices have been around for thousands of years because they work and we can now explain why they work. 
And although I love science and I've got a scientific background, I am in no way an expert in all these things. So if I have said anything that has been misinterpreted and you want to correct me, then please, please do. Because I love learning and I want to make sure I get the facts right. So thanks again and join me back in two weeks time. This episode was sponsored by Yoga Legs. Yoga Legs is a small UK-based company run by two mums who make astounding leggings as well as harem pants and tops. I have over 10 pairs so I know what I'm talking about. And as a listener of the Nerd Yogi podcast, you get 20% off your order online. To get your discount code, go to clanyogis.com slash yoga legs. Yoga and double G for legs. This was the Nerd Yogi podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review or comment on your favorite platform. And if you would like to start your yoga journey today, head over to clanyogis.com and sign up to my free 30-day membership, where you can get access to my free-day Yoga for Stress Relief program and over 15 yoga classes. Thanks so much for listening, and I will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Namaste.